<laughs> yes, that is. There's that. That's the moment. That's the moment where you've just got to stop doing whatever it is that you're doing and crack on because it is Thursday. It is nine. UK Cowboys time, and we have the very beautiful Mr. Brian Gaynor joining us this week. And of course, as always, Mr. Paul. How are we both doing, guys? Pretty good, man. I'm just back from Top Golf there. So, um, yeah, you did say. Yeah, How did that go? Oh, it's not too bad. I'm actually enjoying hitting the, hitting the ball with a nine iron, but I'm terrible with a driver. I'll say that. <laughs> Been there. Mm-hmm. I can I can hit a nine iron as far as I can hit a driver. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a cheat stick in it, but but I, I get it, Paul. I get it that you live so close to St Andrews, uh, and you know there's a lot going on in your life where people keep asking the question. That how come you live so close and you're so bad at golf? You do realize St Andrews is nearly a hundred miles away. That's like eight hundred miles closer than I am. <laughs> terrible, terrible, mate, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are here, of course, as we do every Thursday to talk all things Dallas Cowboys. Busy week, a lot been going on. Training camp is going off as we speak. It's coming to an end um, on day number two. So I've been all over the place because there's, I've done bit biting off more than I can chew as always. But there we go. But um, <laughs> it's just the way it is. Uh, but we're here to talk all about it. Um, so we'll start off, guys, at the very top because we'll do the news and updates as we usually do. So let's start with the news and updates with the big news. And I'll get your take and everybody at home as well. And if you're listening, send us a, a message. Let us know what your thoughts are on the Zach Martin situation. That's the big one because the offensive line has got so many questions this year. When you lose not just a very key piece to your offense, but also to a questionable position on the offense. What do you think is going to happen here with Zach Martin, guys? He'll get his contract renewed. I am no stress about it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, all he's pretty much wanting is just extra guarantees, really. Like, and a longer contract. And, yeah, I mean, I think from based on sources, what he's asking for is not nothing to greedy at all, really, and I've, when you really put things in perspective, he's worth every single penny as I far as our books. Yeah. Mr. Brian? Like, we, we, we chatted about this last Friday myself, when myself, Graham, and Rich were on, and I said it at the time, I'm not worried at all. This will be done. It will be mm. very, done very quietly, very quickly, and it will be a short two-line press release the Dallas Cowboys and Zach Martin have agreed a new contract. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, the thing is, is there was whispers as they were. Um, me and you, Paul, we've talked about this already. We talked about it last week. And, you know, like, there was kind of like, when we were speaking about it last week, like, there's not going to be a problem. He's going to be on the plane. This is the type of guy Martin is. He's not on the plane at the moment. It's cost him 50 grand a day to not be there. So he's up to 100 grand already. Mm-hmm. Um, which for you, Brian, I know is is nothing. You've got that in the attic, so you're okay. You use that just to mm-hmm. line your mattress. Under the bed. <laughs> but um, obviously at the moment, 
he's obviously loses. So he wants to, and the issue is, is if you remember in the past, players who didn't report to camp, they kind of like could be like, I oh, will just waive the fines. Now it's non-negotiable. Mm. Yeah, the, the league, yeah, the league is set in stone that you do not turn up if you get fined for uh, non-compliance or being late or not being, uh, you know, not reporting to any of these things and you get fined for it. That's it. It's done. Mm-hmm. They can't. They can't. The team can't turn around and be like, "Oh yeah, we're okay now." So he's losing it as we speak. So it's an awkward one because I mean, he's just such. He's just such a brilliant player at what he does. Yeah, I mean, like like we said, like he's a two-time first-team mm. All-Pro. He's a what nine-time Pro Bowl. He's yeah. already in the twenty tens All-Decade team, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. still active. Yeah, he's, he's the best child in the league, my personal opinion. Not to be um, pay, play a uh, playing favoritism because he, he plays for us, but yeah, yeah. If any person other than a Cowboys fan would love to have Zach Martin on their team, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, we'll ask you, Brian, because me and Paul have spoken about this. We spoke about it last week. Yeah, on the wheels team that. Um, Age is a concern. There's, they, they, as we say, whispers of retirement. Then is this that's happening? Are you concerned about extending him too no. far, based on the fact that he's he's aged? No, like he has not missed a beat. He what two seasons ago? I think it's the only time he didn't make the Pro Bowl or an All Pro team. That's yeah, right. In, yeah, in nine, ten years in the league, that's it. And he was injured for five or six games in that season. Yeah. Compare him to any lineman we've had in the last 10 years. Tyron Smith misses five or six games a season. Travis obviously missed a year with Guillain Barr's disease, and then he had to retire. Mm-hmm. Taron Steele has missed time. Connor Williams missed time. I think Tyler Biadish nearly has missed time. So everyone bar Zach Martin has missed time or has lost their place in this lineup. But you can always be sure that the right guard will be there. And as Paul rightly says, this is the best guard in the game. This is a consensus first ballot Hall of Fame player. This is a guy who will be in the ring of honour as soon as he is eligible. And if that's the day he retires, so be it. That's the player you're talking about. So you don't mess around. You don't fudge up anything with this guy. You just say, yes, Zach, what's it going to take? Let's do it. Here's the contract. Yeah, because, I mean, like, we were speaking as well about, you know, Tyron Smith, and I think Zach Martin is kind of similar in the same bracket, where I think he's not the type of guy who's like, oh, if you're not going to pay me, I'm going to go to another team. Because I personally believe, I think, like with Tyron Smith, once they retire, that's retirement from football. They don't want to play for another team. And I think Zach Martin is the same, which is why he's just like, this is this is it now. Get it done. Get it finished. Get it sorted. Because this is going to be my my last contract, and then I'm sailing off into the sunset. Hmm. Yeah, but that's my personal opinion on on the whole thing. I'm just trying to sort my camera. Out. There we go. That's better. I'm in the middle now. I was kind of like squished over into the corner. Um, but yeah. So there was that. There's that situation. Another big one that's come up is uh, Luke. Luke Schoonmaker, Schoonmaker. Um, now, obviously, when they drafted him, he had the foot or ankle injury. 
Um, so far, he's yet to do any sort of drills or practice, and he's not in training camp at the moment. You guys concerned with this? Yes. It's a rookie tight end? Yes. I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm concerned, given that he was the second-round pick. Second-round pick, yeah. That he was a luxury pick. We didn't necessarily need a tight end when he was on the cl- when we were on the clock and picked him. John Michael Schmitz, who had that guard center flexibility mm-hmm. one one slot before us. And we needed that guard center and then moved on and picked Shoemaker when it wasn't when tight end wasn't in need. And you know it's it's it it it, it ties back in with the thing of you always draft the best player available at a position in need. Tight end wasn't one. And yeah. now you've got it's it's our usual second round thing. We've kind of gone stick our finger in the air, hope for the best, and we've picked up a guy who's injured. How often have we seen this before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is an awkward one. Um because I, I think Scooney he is a good tight end. Schultz walked kind of I, I know what you're saying, Brian. I can I can make sense of what they did there with mm. the pick, yep. but he was coming in with a medical red flag, and um, that has now spilled in into Oxnard because the the whole idea was, and like I can remember seeing the reports that um, you know Scooty was at the the Stan Frisco wearing a a, a boot for his foot, and it was like no, it's fine, don't worry about it, it it's all good, but it's like. Here we are months down the line and it's nothing's changed. I think there is something to be said in it, and especially when you think like especially with tight end, because you think they're gonna really try to play two positions, especially what schoolmate what they want with schoolmaker. You try and get them to learn how to play uh the tight end position, um, obviously, but it's you 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 when really you look at it, they're trying to play a wide receiver and an offensive lineman. So there's a lot to pick up for these guys. And I think the most important year for that is their rookie year. And so far, all he's done is mental reps. Well, I mean, what do you think, Paul? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Brian's kind of, much, kind of covered what I was going to say there. But yeah, I, for Shoemaker right now, he's, he is missing a lot of valuable time to actually really, really get up to speed with things. Mm. So, I don't expect to see much of him at like this year. If I'm being perfectly honest, but you think this is going to spill into the regular season? I think he'll dip morph as the season goes on. Yeah, but like for for a guy you draft in the second round, you'd expect him to be more of an instant impact to kind of challenge like of Ferguson and Hendershot for the top role mm. type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. but we just need to wait and see what happens. Yes. Um, in other news as well, uh, let's talk about this one. Trayvon Diggs got his bag. Fantastic. Go mm. on then, Paul. Hit me with it. I will say this. It's a lot harder to find a good cornerback than it is than a good wide receiver. Agree. Mm. And we did not go the whole Byron Jones route again. We learned mm. our lesson with that. And yeah, yeah. Me, me I, you and Graham spoke about that. Yep, and li- literally, I think Diggs is well deserved that contract. 
Like he's played like yeah. for the type of performances he played under his, his rookie contract, being a second rounder himself, mm-hmm. he's now earned that extra tick to say, okay, you're actually were playing more like a first round talent around than you were as a second round talent. So here's a here's a generous contract. Here you go. Now go out there and ball out. So now we've got him here, we've got him nailed down, and it helps us now to look at our other options now. Well, likes of Zach Martin that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll cover more news that's come out about Diggs in a minute. Um, but go on, Bry. It's a hundred million or just less than yeah. over five years. The first year of the contract, or this year, it hasn't put much on. Um, no, I think good i think it's a, people are complaining i think when you look it's a five-year deal um much like with quarterbacks cornerbacks uh, move along quite rapidly too so once we get so he, basically on a five-year deal because people are like saying oh well what if he holds out if you go and check on a five-year deal he cannot hold out until after the third year yeah so yeah. that's when he can renegotiate which is a good time to do it anyway um but when you think once you get to there and you're like, oh, where does he? Because I think at the moment it ranks, I think, fifth amongst cornerbacks. Once you're three years down the line, it's not even going to be in the top 10, or the top yeah. 15, probably. especially when you look at, you know, you've got the likes of players like Source Gardner, they're going to be coming round by that time. He's yeah. going to be down. It's not going to be a huge contract once you look at it. But tell me what your thoughts are, Brian. Like, Again, we talked about this on Friday night, and I kind of said I thought he'd be maybe in the 15 to 16 million region, and it would be enough. I'm not going to argue for an extra three or four million a year from him. What's impressed me the most since it was announced on Tuesday that his new deal was done, it's how he's spoken. He's spoken about the impact Stefan Gilmore has had with him. Yeah. And that Stefan Gilmore has been, you know, Stefan Gilmore gets to the building at six o'clock. I want to do that. Stefan Gilmore eats clean. I'm going to eat clean. He's mm-hmm. looking to soak up. He's looking to improve. He's not just going, I've got my bag of money and I'm just going to sit back and let it go. He wants to improve. And he knows that this season he's going to be targeted more because Stefan Gilmore is considered more of a lockdown corner. Diggs is going to be the guy you can get after on the outside but we've seen it like I literally looked at it yesterday someone had a clip of all of his interceptions and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing again this season is all those interceptions yes yeah yeah it's like rather than a one-two punch combination with running backs we've got the one-two punch where it comes to cornerbacks now (laughs) yeah I I, I've said this before tell me what you think on this right Brian me me and Paul have spoken and we're we're in agreement on this but I believe in terms of skill set where they are in terms of their skills Mm. Gilmore and Diggs are right side by side just so happens that Gilmore is now on his way down but Diggs Mm. is on his way up because he's only 24 Mm. yeah and like what what's the one thing we've always said in these shows is Stefan or sorry, not Stefan Gilmore, Trayvon Diggs played two seasons at cornerback in Alabama. This yeah, is maybe his sixth correct. season playing as a cornerback. Mm, yeah. And look 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 at the steps he's taken year on year on year. You've seen it. As you guys always say, you want to see that up to the right 
mm. that kind of projection. And that's what his projection is. Last year, everyone was like, well, the interceptions are down. But look at how many times he locked down the number one receiver on oh, the yeah. team. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I Justin, think he played better. Justin Jefferson's a prime example. Yeah, there you go. 19 yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! I mean, I mean, like, I, like, um, yes. And it's such a, I actually think that last year he was, in terms of total, you know, uh, when you look at the to- totalitarian uh, mm. uh, of the cornerback position that he played, he played better last year than he did the year before. Yeah. Just that the, the trouble is, is... People will complain and say, oh, the interceptions are down because these people play fantasy football and they got the Dallas defense on their fantasy team. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it all revolves around. You know, you don't get points for locking down a, a wide receiver. But I think it's really important. But what is quite important to know that came through today um, and my article has just gone up about the, the all the live updates of today's mm-hmm. campus on Blogging the Boys. Um, but Trayvon Diggs has not been practicing as yet. He's got toe soreness. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the moment, he's just been on the sideline in street clothes. But something I did notice is, um, and we'll talk more on this, Nation Wright, <laughs> Nation Wright made an interception. One of the things I noticed was not the interception, it was Trayvon Diggs running down the sideline. <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah, he's fine. Um, yeah. But we, we'll, we'll talk more on what we've seen at camp today in a moment. Um, but the big one that, that, that has come in from yesterday's camp is both Donovan Wilson and Israel Mukwamu are both out for the next four to six weeks, both separate injuries uh, or different injuries. Obviously they're separate, different injuries, um, but they're currently going to be out. It's a big mm. blow, but the good news is, is it means they will be back for week one. Whether mm-hmm. I think... I think Donovan Wilson can be, that he can be ready for that because of the style of position that he plays. It's that box yeah. safety, which is going to be important against the Giants because they have managed to retain a certain running back over there, Mr. Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. But what good I... was Saquon Barkley against us? Yeah. The main worry for the Giants is the run play option from Danny Dimes, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So, Go on, Brian. I'm going to jump on this one, Paul, because I, I, I think I, I think I can kind of pick up where Mike might be trying to go. This is where you're looking for Demarvian Overshow to show up in the next couple of weeks. Mm, he did show up today. Because he's... He, Demarvian Overshow went to Texas, as I say, look, I'm a Longhorn. He was originally brought in as a safety, uh-huh. played as a hybrid, came down into linebacker. And... If anyone watched back the coverage of the draft, it was the Cowboys need a spy on offense. As Paul said, Danny Dimes can move. Jalen Hurts can move. Yeah. Sam Howell, who's going to be playing for the Lols, quite mobile quarterback as well. And that's what you need Demarvian Overshone for. That, that is brilliant, Brian. Sorry. Yeah. That is Just so natural. Just the, the natural way you came in, Paul. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Washington Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, and I think Overshone, he is going to be that sort of... I think that's what they brought him in. He's going to be the replacement for, if you like, for 
which way they want to do it, but they can mm. they can do it so he can be the replacement for J. Ron Curse or Donovan Wilson. Yeah. Is what they're looking at with that, that pick. So I totally agree there. Um be quite interesting because so far Overshone has shown he I, I don't know if you've seen it, but he has been on the pads and he's been he's pure aggression. I mean he's mm-hmm. lifting that pile up yeah. and moving on. Quite nice. Another one I will say though that I'm quite surprised about on, and he is good at it anyway. They were doing uh, shed blocking. LVE is looking sharp on those moves. That drill, I mean, he was electric. If you've seen it, he's he's hitting it, he's pushing, and he's gone. Yeah, good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go 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 back and have a look. I think I've put it on there, Paul, so you can have a look and you'll see him moving and he's making some nice sharp movements, looking good, looking healthy. So that's a big one because line depth, linebacker depth, I think is going to be an important one, especially for camp mm. preseason because we need. There's just so many questions there. Um, another one that has come in today as well is Matt Waletsko. Uh, hasn't been in training. Um, he's sick. So don't not to panic too much. He's just ill. Yeah. Um, so that is important. So let's go then, guys. It, unless have you guys got any other news or updates, or do you want to get straight into camp? I just um, literally wanted to bring up DJ Dog's one here. Yes. Again. Eric Scott. Mm. Interception yesterday. Again, he did look good, but at the same time, that was Sammy Fahoko's big <clears throat> cock yeah. up. Like, yeah. And I'm actually what got the video right on my screen right now. It's like, mm. and I will say this: like, for anyone to blame Prescott, needs their eyes checked because that is not <laughs> on Prescott. Like yeah. the ball was, it was an absolute bullet to Fahoko, and Fahoko just didn't like his hat. Like he just didn't make the catch and fumbled it up, and Eric Scott mm-hmm. took the opportunity and made the interception. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and it's like. All of a sudden, last year's problems are already leaked into the first day of training camp, and you're just like, <laughs> "Oh no, Simmy's yeah. turning to Noah." <laughs> oh God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, so it's like, yeah, do we, we we don't want another year of that, please. But we'll talk about the emphasis that happened today in training camp because there was a very big emphasis on um, that particular part of the game. But yesterday, as you mentioned. Eric Scott, um, actually, first interception of training camp. Quite an interesting um, thing to witness. Uh, who would have marked that one down? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, before we move to that, just a, a non-Cowboys bit of news that keeps coming from my phone uh, is about Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, so mm. he suffered a lower leg injury and has been carted off. So this is not looking good. Sucks to be a Bengals fan right now. Yeah, training camp, always with the soft tissues. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I've, ju- I've just seen someone reporting Burrows out for the year. Oh, wow. Wow. What? I just literally, I got, I got it through from some of my fantasy football contacts. Uh, he's, out for, he's out for the year. Now, I, I don't know. If you guys are seeing that different, I'm just yeah. about to check it right now. So, uh... but I mean, like to get to give you an instant comment on that. I mean, how unlucky can one player be 
to go down in his first year and now to go down with another season ending injury just when he was about to become the highest paid player in the league. Mm. You know, like that. And you, you look at that as on, on like the second day of training camp. Yeah. Yeah, that is wild. If it is, we'll keep that update and we will update on the show um, to make sure to, you know, put clarification yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, we'll see what we can hear from us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yesterday, a big one for the offensive line because we don't like to completely be all depressive here about the offensive line for the Cowboys. Um, Terrence Steele was uh, practicing. He was there. Now, he yeah. hasn't practiced with the first, but he was in there, which is the big thing, because I was always worried about where are we going to see him and how much are we going to see. And yeah, he's out there and he's doing his thing. Um, mm-hmm. Seen a few clips of him he's sort of jogging and hopping around, and yeah, I think he's totally going to be ready for week one. I don't know what you've seen from the clips, guys. Yeah, I mean... Look, I'd be happy to have him ready for week one because I want to see with this offensive line and like it's Graham, Graham and Rich love to talk about the offensive line. Mm-hmm. For me, I want to see a consistent offensive line this year. I don't want to be seeing Terrence at right tackle for one game and then he goes down and it's tiring and then someone mm-hmm. else has to flip out there. <clears throat> I want to just see five guys just play the offensive line and that's it and have that same five for the whole season if possible. I know I'm <laughs> with I'm I know I'm hoping against hope and yeah. someone will get injured, but I just want a bit of consistency there. <laughs> yeah, Paul, here's one for you then with what with what Brian said. Which way would you like to do it? Would you like to just see the constant same five guys to create consistency? Bearing in mind, last year, we had a lot of turnover on the offensive line because of injuries. But because in training camp, this time of year, they were moving the offensive line personnel around so much that when the season kicked off, it was kind of like second nature. The boys just knew how to do it. What would you prefer? Would you prefer to go Brian's route or what they did last year in turning the roster around a lot? I'd rather have a consistent structure. The consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no sugar coating up straight to the point. Yeah. yeah. Consistency creates quality, is what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Like if yeah. If, if you flip it back to what 20, 2013, 2014, up to yeah. 2018, the Cowboys had a more or less consistent offensive line in each of those seasons. Yeah. It's no surprise that you had three rushing champions. In that time, you also Darren McFadden and Tony Pollard have thousand yard seasons as well as Zeke having other thousand yard seasons. And it was in that it was in that period, 2013 to 2018, that we were consistent. The line didn't change that much, and the run game was there. And if Mike McCarthy is implementing his Texas Coast offense as as it's being called, which he is, you know. That's what you want. You want a run game that you can rely on. And it doesn't have to be superstars that are running the ball. You can have four guys who can get you five or 600 yards and be happy. It seems to be working across the rest of the league. So just go with it. Yeah. 
because I mean, we'll get to the West the, or Texas Coast offense that mm. uh, we've seen quite a lot today. There's been mm. a lot of that today. Um, but let's talk though about the big one, Tony Pollard. Um, yesterday we've seen it more than we did today because today we've seen a lot of, I think, the implementation of what they're going to do with the running backs on this Texas Coast. Um, but yesterday, Tony Pollard. On a lot of the drills, um, so uh, movement drills uh, and feet drills, I mean, that ankle looks healthy is all I've got to say on that. He's moving, he's quick, he's nimble. He, he wasn't in any discomfort by what you're seeing. You guys got confidence in Tony Pollard this year? It's hard to say, really, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. You're still on the fence? I'm still on the fence about it. Yeah. Why is this? Explain. He, to me, I don't see him being that free down back running back like Sequoia's. Yeah. That's my, you know, yeah. that's the he's... only like. Don't get me wrong, like he's good, but I I don't see him carrying the whole team all like free downs every drive, like through the whole like going through the whole drive. Like I think he'll be in and out, in and out. So, mm. but I don't know. I I really I'm not. Really, particularly sure to be honest, I'm just I'm really like you said, I'm very on the fence about it, right? If 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 you look at Tony Pollard, he's never been a bell cow running back, mm-hmm. he's never been a three down back, and now you're paying him the franchise tag to be that player, which he's never been. If you look at the offense last year, Zeke was splitting reps with Tony Pollard. You would see Zeke take three or four snaps, and you're literally you're seeing the hand going up. Make let's make the change now because Zeke was kind of set, could tell the defense is a little bit worn down. Now's the chance for to get Tony in, let Tony take an explosive play because I've worn these guys out a little bit. And Zeke was very clever in how he did it. Yeah, he got the touchdowns and he got the goal line ball. But he also made sure that Tony was brought in at the right time, and now we're expecting him, we're expecting Tony Pollard to be that guy, and I just don't think he is. Well, today might have made you feel a bit better when you seen what they were doing with the running back position, yeah. um, which we let's let's wheel right into it. So today, and we'll go back to yesterday and come back again. We'll do by position. Um, today we saw a lot of Deuce Bourne. Um, he's looking fantastic, by the way. I mean, that mm. guy is just like a Jack Russell. <laughs> it's yeah. the best way. Feisty and angry. And, uh, you know, the small man syndrome is definitely in there. Um, but what we saw was a lot of um, uh, sort of like some wheel routes uh, and run outs by the running backs and catching the ball. And I think that's what they're trying to implement which is something you do see a lot on the West Coast offense, but particularly with Mike McCarthy, because we've seen that in Green Bay, if you remember. And I think with Tony Pollard, because he he is essentially a wide receiver, is what he was in college, um, Mm. that then converted to running back. This is what's going to help him this year. And I think that's always been the plan and why they gave him the franchise tag, Bri. Yeah. It's it it's a fair, it's a fair assessment and uh, like I I, I I understand where you're going. What yeah. concerns me is 
that if you flick it back to the Green Bay Packers, they always had a big man. They always had a full Yeah, back. no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Eddie Lacy to carry mm-hmm. the load. Cheeseburger Eddie. Yeah, we don't have that guy on this roster right now. Mm, what about Hunter Lipke? Would you trust would you trust him enough? Would you trust him enough on those short three no. downs? No. 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 I haven't really you've seen a little bit of him more in just the movement drills, and it's very, very obvious what you're looking at. That when you see Ronald Jones and you see mm-hmm. uh Deuce Vaughan and then you watch Tony Pollard and then you watch Hunter Lipke, it's extremely obvious <laughs> the type of running back. Yeah, between them. Go on. Yeah, yeah, because when you see there was a one particular still when the Cal Humans was broadcasting. Yeah, and and there was a you had Pollard on the on the left, Jones in the middle, and Dusfon on the right. Blake Davis, I believe he was on the field at the time. But you yeah. see the the different body sizes. It's like Ronald Jones looks like a proper power back type of running back. That mm-hmm. makes that makes sense. So. If Jones does become part of the 53-man squad, then I would expect him to be that like short yardage type of running back to really get it over the edge. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, <laughs> because in terms of like agility and acceleration, I would say Ronald Jones is the best on this team. Just it, 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 his issues, <laughs> his issues have been with ball security. Um has been the biggest problem with him. So mm-hmm. that's where I've got problem with Ronald Jones in terms of third down. Do you really want a guy who's a one cut back with a lot of burst and acceleration, but will cough up the ball on third down? That's my job. Yeah. yeah. But do so on today. Uh, yes, we've seen plenty of him um, catching the ball as a receiver, um, making some moves. Great to see. Um, fantastic watch. I really suggest just going to watch a couple of those clips uh, on it. Just type type it in on a search bar. And you'll see it. He's looking great out there. Uh, but let's go back to Dak then, right, guys? Uh, yesterday, they were doing some um, passing drills um, where he's throwing into targets. Today, uh, doing some pocket awareness, so moving around and then throwing the ball, being pretty much spot on. I mean, highly accurate in his throws. You already mentioned, Paul, about the, the Simi Vahoko, um tip ball. Yeah. But what are you making so far of Dak Prescott? He's looking good, actually. He's made some really good throws to CD Lamb. Gallup's been looking quite sharp as well. So, yeah. But, yeah, so far so good. It seems to be what we should be expecting from Dak. Um Obviously, again, I'm going to reiterate this. If you think that Prescott was the sole responsibility of that interception, watch the video clip and actually proper watch who's actually responsible. So, Yeah, because, yeah. so. yeah, I mean, I've already had a discussion <laughs> on an inbox thread off Twitter. I really couldn't be bothered, but sometimes yeah. some people say some things, you know, like, okay, now I'm engaged. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 argument was the ball was slightly high uh, and off target, and I'm like, no. And you go back and watch it. That ball is right where it needs to be. I mean, you can try and nitpick the ball placement, but also in terms of the ball placement, if you want to talk about being slightly 
high and to the right is, is what's some a market. I I disbelieve it. When you see it, it's bang. But if you want to go down that road, then you're just like, okay, so it's slightly off on the ball placement. Your wide receiver on that catch should still be making that catch. Then he's an NFL wide receiver should be making that. And it, if he doesn't, you certainly shouldn't be allowing it to bobble up for the defender that's on him to make the grab. Exactly. Yeah. And that was my argument. Just to add on as well, did anyone see the video clip of Dak doing his drills when he was running off the ball and threw it inch perfect into the actual hole in the net? Yeah, 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 in the target drills. That, like, that just comes to show he's been working his butt off with his throwing right now. Like, Dak's been cooking this all season. Yeah, Yeah, with that, that, you know, his his Dak yard practices with the wide receivers. But like you say, Paul, I mean, when you watch that throw, and he even put it down into slow motion so you could see it, that ball is not any net. Yeah. I mean, it's a small window as well. And he was, what, 20 yards away from it? It was Mm -hmm. inch perfect. His eyes were zoned in. He knew where he wanted to throw it. And spiral everything. It was a great flow, uh, throw, even though it wasn't to a specific receiver. But at least you know that his accuracy is getting. Yeah. It's it's already showing mm. levels above. If it make, wants to make you feel any better, <laughs> Cleveland Browns showed one that was fairly similar from Deshaun Watson. He's about two yards out, and they were making a big deal about it. And I was like, I could have made that throw. Like you could literally, <laughs> he was that close. You could have underarmed it into the yeah. net. Yeah, yeah, but it's it, it is one of the things with Dak. Dak has always been a very good tight window thrower. He he, he just doesn't like to. He, yeah. he he can do it. He can put a he can he can put a great spiral on a ball, but he doesn't he doesn't want to do it all the time. And that's that that's wants to attack the ball. That's the issue. Yeah. 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 But let's continue with the talk on Dak then, because something we've seen a lot of, um, so we've seen obviously good catches from CD Lamb. I don't think there's any concern there with CD Lamb. Um, Brandon Cooks is just on the, on the catching drills, just natural. I mean, like that guy, you could have made those catches with his eyes closed. He's just taking... Um, off the jugs machine, he's just catching those balls like no one's business. Just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I think at one point you can see him talking to the coach, and he, he's catching the ball, looking at the coach. He's just like, yeah, okay, Brandon Cooks is Brandon Cooks. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll buy that. I think that this is going to be a good season for him. Um, yeah. With CD Lamb on the other side, he hasn't got as much pressure on him. Um, can, can I go back to the CD Lamb one? Just I was watching Good Morning, of course. Football. This morning, and what what they, they were kind they were doing their little segment on the Cowboys, and they weren't doing what they normally do, crapping all over the Cowboys. But one <laughs> of the questions they kind of put was, "Is this the season? This the season where we see CD Lamb become the superstar? That after this season, we're talking about Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and CD Lamb that he makes that jump into that." superstar level receiver because if you if we're realistic about it let Paul answer this one we haven't had a superstar since Terrell Owens like as great as Des Bryant was oh yeah I was gonna say Des Bryant 
Mm. Terrell was probably the last top five receiver we had. I mean, debatable. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. There's seasons where you could say Des Bryant was a top five receiver, Mm. not consistently a top five, like Tyrell Owens, Mm. like Tio. Tio, you could all. There was like seasons where you were just like, no, Des Bryant this year is playing as a top five receiver. Next year he's a top ten receiver. Yeah, so that I will agree with. In that yeah, mm. Rob Paul, you're going to elaborate, or you, you're just going with that? What about CD Lamb? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, is he taking the next step? He's going to have to. Um, I, do I think he will? I think he will, yeah. The mm. way how that, the way how Dak's been, uh, and the way his career's going that way. Like the only way like Lamb's going to get better if Dak gets better, plain and mm. simple. True. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you know it. I, I I think having a guy, what what this team was always missing. I even said it during the draft: is the Cowboys need to draft a burner. They need to go out and get somebody who can just stretch the field and move, you know, basically get a, get a safety shaded one direction. But they didn't do it in the draft. They got it with Brandon Cooks. So yeah. they have done the, the biggest thing they needed to do. Um, so I think that's super important. What is also important for CD Land to have a massive season is Michael Gallup. Now, the good news is, is mm. we've seen it more today. Michael Gallup is looking sharp. Yeah. We haven't seen it in like a sort of a, in a practice run. We haven't seen anything there, but on the drills, like with the jugs machine and around the cones and on the movement, I mean, Gallup is looking, I would say he's looking sharper now and more crisper in what his do, he's doing in his movement skills than he was before, before even last season. Yeah. I mean, he's he, he's looking really, really good, which, and I think having. Both Gallup. Oh, wait a minute. What's this now? Hold on. Kite off the field. Hold on. Yeah, they're still unsure of the extent, is what they're saying. Yeah, I couldn't find anything about it. Yeah, yeah. They're, still, they're still looking into it, basically, is yeah, what the head coach has said. Yeah, they said it's not a strain, it's a calf issue. Yeah. So, um, we'll just wait and see. Yeah. But I think for for, for C.D. Lamb to mm. have the season, he needs the rest of everything around him to help to get him yeah. there. You know, it's like, um, like the saying of uh, raising a child takes a village. You know, it's the same thing with C.D. Lamb, mm. that he, he can't do it all on his own. Yeah, but he is an interesting one because DJ Dog it, it has mentioned this, uh, and Talbot today has actually stepped up. There was a lot of emphasis today on practice on um, on uh, playing under duress with defensive players, so they were doing that uh, with the jugs machine. Yeah, then um, on the drills they were doing a lot of work, catching a lot of hands. And they literally were force-feeding today, Jalen Tolbert. The pick that came in against Nation Right was with Jalen Tolbert because they were just trying to feed the ball. A lot of people are going to say, oh, look, Dak's throwing an interception. 
He's already doing it. That's two days of interceptions. But, like, it's practice. They're trying to try things, and they're obviously trying – because this is why I always say context is important when it comes to training camp. Because people will just go, oh, Dak's throwing interceptions. And it's like, yeah, but what were they trying to do? What what was it that they were trying to accomplish with what they were doing? And what they were doing was they were trying to get the ball to Jalen Tolbert. They're trying to see what they have in him. And uh, he's made a few good plays. He made one catch in the middle of the field, and he was gone. Yeah. I mean, with what's happened with Simi Bahoko, like it's really, really difficult, I think. He's made his job harder. I'll say that's a bit for Hoko. He's made his job harder for himself yeah. right now. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I mean, you know, because Vach Lombardi made a, a tweet and I was commenting to him. Uh, and uh, he's just like, oh, so what? You're going to cut him? And I'm like, what has he done for Dallas so far? In his whole time, he's been at Dallas. What has he done for you? Like, and that's the trouble. Fahoko has been there for two years. He's done nothing, and I, I like. He hasn't even done special teams, Bry. Yeah, exactly. Like, I liked the pick when it yeah. was made. I was going sixth round. This is a guy who's who was averaging hundred yards a game in college, mm-hmm. and I was going, "This is a good pick," and he's done. Nothing hasn't so contributed on special teams either, and that's what you need. Like this, there's a reason why you take cornerbacks, linebackers, and safeties in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round because they can become part of your core special teamers. And Talbert is moving ahead. Moreno mm. proper is. I was just move. about. To, I was just about to say yeah. Moreno proper because he is looking. Fantastic right now. Mm-hmm. And like, Go on, keep going. For Hoko, it, he's going into his third year and you're going, right, I have to pay this guy a million or I can cut him. And I have someone who I can, who, who, who I'll get as much production out of for 300 grand less, a guy on 700 grand, you know, and that's the thing is you need to make those tough calls. And when it comes down to those brass tacks and they're going at, at, at roster cutdowns, they're going. Simi Fogo's cost me a million. Jalen Moreno Cropper cost me six fifty to seven hundred thousand. I'm going to take Moreno Cropper and take my chances and see what he becomes. Absolutely, not. I totally agree with you. Not unless Fogo somehow magically does not drop anything, it makes some spectacular one-handed catches, mm-hmm. whatever. Not it makes Trevon Diggs look like nothing. Then yeah, you'll. Get a spot, but as of right now, the way it's looking right now, Fahoko is not doing it right now. Mm. Yeah. I, and I, I will also say this that isn't getting enough credit because people are so awashed by um, the pick made by Denisha Wright. Nobody's giving him credit. That was actually a really good play by Nation Wright. He was all over the receiver. He followed, he go, go back and watch it. He's on him like glue, he's on the hip pocket of the wide receiver up through the drill. And he just comes over the top to get that pick. He is it's an effort that he made. And because that's another side of the opposite of what we're talking about, is that we know who our top three cornerbacks are, but who's cornerback four? Well, I just want to go back to what you were saying there in regards to Nation Wright. Yes. Nation Wright's a third round pick. And again, 99th he, pick, yeah. he's he's flashed. 
he's a guy who has to show in this camp that he's good enough because mm. Eric Scott again has come in. We actually traded to get him with the first pick in the sixth round. We gave mm. up the, the 2024 fifth round pick to go get this guy. Yes. So there's something they see in Eric Scott and they have done this in the sixth and seventh round. They've got, Oh guys. yeah. They, they love those guys too, Bright, Don't they? And, this is the thing is Nishon Wright has to ball out in camp or mm. he's gone. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you've got the same thing with, with Kelvin Joseph, which yeah. we haven't really seen much of. Although we haven't seen much special teams work yet. Yeah. So um, that the, will probably be uh, super. The, the matter of the fact is that Joseph's not really getting, has not had much opportunity on the second, on the defense as of right yeah. now. Can for I the moment, yeah. A, for the moment, says a lot as well. The fact that more rookies are actually getting opportunities more than than him right now says mm-hmm. a lot. So, yeah. make of what you will, but for me, like I'm kind of set my mind. Joseph's not going to make the team. No. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think as it stands right now, in terms of cornerback four, it's between Nation Wright and Eric Scott. That's where it lies at the moment. Mm. Still got a long, long way to go on this, mind. I mean, we haven't even played a single preseason game. So, yeah, you know, yeah. long way to go. But that's just how it is at the moment. In terms, though, you guys were talking about uh, Jalen Moreno-Cropper. I think he's actually a handy guy to stash around. Because when you think... So, Cropper's really, really good from the slot, when you look at him, I mean, he is a pure slot receiver. But when you think about what we've got in terms of receivers, even when you think of Jalen Tolbert, Jalen Tolbert maybe not so much, but, you know, like you think Simi Vahoko and the rest of the other guys, they're not really slot receivers. You can you can make it work with them, but Cropper really purely is. So if you're playing C.D. Lamb from the slot and you want to take him out of, the, out of a particular play to give him a bit of a break, but you need a slot receiver, Cropper's an ideal guy to use mm. in that situation where you're just like, right, throw him in. He's going to, he, he'd be able to do, and he just needs to do, obviously, show consistency. But at the moment, but what was receive, uh, interesting, I was going to say receiving, interesting, we did see as well another receiver, um, Stevens, make a touchdown. Um, yeah. I thought he was injured on the play, mine, because he got slow together, but it was a good, good grab, good grab for the, for what he did down there. Um, but on the other side of the ball, um, in terms of other things, Gilmore, Bur- Ver- Stefan Gilmore versus Brandon Cooks has been a good war to battle, you know, a good battle to watch already. That's been fun. It's just like crazy to say. You're just like, wow, <laughs> who would ever have thought we'd be talking about these two guys, uh, battling out at a, a camp in Dallas? Um, but both Micah Parsons. And uh, and Demarcus Lawrence today complete annihilation of the offensive line consistently on back to back plays. It's the Dan Quinn effect, mm. but at the same time, it is going to make the more inexperienced offensive linemen have a wake up call and exactly. step up. Like yeah. iron sharpens iron. Mm. In one sense, it's kind of unfair because one of the sacks, because it was a sack by Micah Parsons, was uh, he was going up against Tumor Odoga. But what's interesting is that, okay, you're going to, this is a guy going up against one of the best to ever do it so far with, with Micah Parsons. But mm. 
what you're also doing is you're having a look in because you're like, contingency plans. What are we doing? Chuma Odoga. Because I was kind of like, you could probably get away with Chuma if we didn't draft a, an offensive lineman. What we just, <laughs> it wasn't bad, but you'd expect a bit more of a fight from Chuma against uh, against what was going on there. So mm. it kind of just leaves a food for thought on offensive line with, Ch- with Chuma and what, what direction we're going to go. One thing I have noticed, though, guys, tell me what you think. Anybody seen much on kicking? I haven't seen anything, to be honest. You're, you're not going to see anything on kicking because it's literally just a practice. It's here's your marks, kick from here. I haven't heard anyone reporting that they're doing it, though. Yeah. That's the worry. Like, I'm not after a a clip or anything of, um, oh, here's a kicker making a four-yard kick. I just want to know, like, kicker, you know, like we we usually have seen in the past, you know, like Mm. um, Lee Ram made um, seven of eight kicks. Longest was at 50 yards. That's the sort of tweet, you know, like from Carl Yeomans. You get that. But there hasn't been anything. Yeah, no, nothing. nothing. I'm just wondering what the hell they're doing over there. Could be exp- maybe looking towards other options as well. Who knows? Is what I'm thinking. Like I was leading you there. <laughs> like Robbie Gold and Mason Crosby are still on the streets. True. And um, I know Graham likes to to make the fact well the best hurt shoot players in are in the league. Sometimes they're not, and. If you could bring in one of those guys, why are you waiting around? Why have you two guys on the squad? You're not releasing any information on. Like, I know there was the story yesterday about um, Aubrey and doing doing the practices in Dallas, and he'd never really played in high school and stuff like that. And Mm. it's a lovely story. I get it. It's a lovely story. (laughs) Bro, you're on fire tonight, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I, I want to know that my kicker has kicked nine out of eleven. He's missed from forty five yards and missed from sixty four yards, but he's kicked yeah, everything yeah, yeah. else. That's all I want to know. And I mean, it's kicking. There's no there's no limited reps for this. You can have these guys kick sixty times in an afternoon. It's not difficult, and mm. just get it sorted out. Well, there's. Don't get me wrong, there's more beyond than field, field goal attempts. There's mm. the actual kickoff. The actual kickoff. The, yeah. the, the actual, the actual there's the practice for onside kicks. There's the yeah. scribble kicks. There's all those type of scenarios as well. So all the different techniques of those different types of kicks. But again, we've just not actually had any news from anybody that say yeah. they've, been, they've been on the field. That's kind of my concern more than anything. That, that mm-hmm. I'm exactly the same. Like you just expect some sort of tweet, and like this is that's the very reason Paul that puts me off Robbie Robbie Gould is because he can't make kickoffs. <laughs> He's never mm-hmm. been a kickoff player, so that's yeah. what puts me off with him. Because now you still need to find somebody to do kickoffs for you. Um, Anger can kick though. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've I'm pretty sure that they were doing that last season. Was Brian Anger was taking kickoffs in preseason. So can they go? Nah. Bring him back. Bring him back. Yeah, I was waiting <laughs> for that. 
Um, but apart from that, in terms of, of defensive line, um, Mazzy Smith made a sack today on uh, Will Greer, I believe it was. Um, so that was interesting to see. Um, it's good to see the rookies getting in there and getting in early. Something else, just one particular play I did notice was um, Zach was uh, as Dak, sorry, was making a, a dash to the left uh, through the ball. Went out to Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn just run off with the ball, um, which is great. Um, but one thing I did notice was we saw our, our, our linebacker too. I mean, that guy is shifty. He was making some good movements over there. And Jabril Cox was making some moves as well. He was making waves. So, uh, wow. yeah, it's good to see. It's great to hear. We're actually actually yeah. getting to hear Jabril Cox is actually doing something. He, yeah, I mean, you know, he's... I, he's, don't, I, don't, mean, I don't mean that as a dig. It's because... <laughs> not, like, because since he's joined Dallas, like, he's either been injured or he's just not been on the field or mm-hmm. whatever not. So it's actually kind of really nice to actually hear he's actually been participating. Yeah, no, he, he was involved in, in one particular play um, and he was literally all over the ball. Like, that was attacked for a loss. Um, Damone Clark, uh, you know, the play I'm talking about with Deuce Vaughan, that was, I mean, he came across quick. He was fast. That yeah. was a tackle for a loss as well. Like, with with Cox, again, you're going, this is a guy going into his third camp. He needs yeah. to show it. He needs to because show it, yeah. I agree. If he doesn't, you have DeMarvian Overshone there, who's ready. You have Damone Clark, who... Devin Harper. Devin Harper is my sleeper for this camp. There He's the guy I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens because he played for he played for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I saw a lot of him playing Big 12, and he was a guy who continuously... He was all over the place. Me. He always impressed me. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see what happens with him because, again, like I think they picked up both Clark and Harper last year going redshirt both of them. Yeah. And they thankfully got something out of Clark. So their plan seems to be, and they didn't really bring in anyone at linebacker in the off season. So the plan seems to be, yeah, not like have, an Anthony Barr or nothing like that, is what no. you mean. Yeah, yeah, they have. We have LVE. We have mm. Mike if Mike wants to play backfield a bit. Yeah, yeah. we have Clark. We have Harper. We've overshone plus one because I'd say they will carry six linebackers. Oh yeah, for special teams. Yes, yeah. which is yeah. why I think. When it comes down to roster cut downs and all the rest of it, I think one of their plans is going to be right. Who's who's our six? I agree with you. Who's good? And that's what it's going to be. They're going to pick somebody yeah. up, um, possibly, possibly because he has shown it on, on some movement skills on, on movement drills. Isaiah Land is the only, but he's more of a defensive end than he is as an off-ball linebacker. Yeah. But he did show some speed. I, I've seen one drill where he's. he's Running between cones, and he was quite nifty. He's quite fast. Yeah. Um. So that would be interesting to see. But we are uh, up to the hour, guys. That went by like insanely fast. <laughs> it doesn't even feel like we talked about anything. <laughs> um. But we've got a practice on uh, Saturday, and then we're obviously into week two of practices. So we'll have a mm. lot more to discuss and what we've seen. Um, there are no joint practices this year with Dallas, so which is great. I'm actually I'm one of those people that are actually against it. 
Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. with you, mate. I I never understood the. I, I I oh, I tell a lie. I get the reason. It just unfortunately leads to too many problems, and then it leads that leads to injuries. Yeah, it's a higher probability. Yeah, I've never been a fan of that. But um, so we will be back after the weekend next Thursday. Um, unless you're doing a round table, are you, Mister Brian? No, I don't think we're doing a round table this weekend. But just stay, stay, stay tuned to our socials just in case. Yes, uh, we do have some big events this weekend coming. Nice. All oh, right. Yes. And so. I- I, 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 I did say this during last week on that round table that we're going to get the mailbag out. I'm going to get the mailbag out by tomorrow evening. <laughs> I've been sitting in my inbox and I've just been so busy doing other things, but I'm getting that out before tomorrow. You can't rush perfection. That's how Guinness is made, mate. This is true. Can't, <laughs> yes. So go on then, Bright. Hit me with it, mate. So, for all of your meet and greet, your stadium tour and game tickets, make sure you reach out to Barry and the team over at Cowboys Experience. If you're travelling out to Dallas, as Mike and Paul are, for Thanksgiving this year, make Mm -hmm. sure you get in touch. Get in touch with us or get in touch directly with the team at Cowboys Experience for all your game day needs. You are going to be able to meet with former players. You can see Jay Novacek there. You might meet with Mike, Micah Parsons. I'm pretty sure the team heading out for uh, Thanksgiving will be meeting Sam Williams. So mm-hmm. make sure and book it. Yes, that's right. And just so you're aware, that is what Brian's talking about, the travel package. Just get in touch if you want any information on it. We can talk more. Paul? Yeah, guys, be sure to follow, follow our fellow uh, content creators. From the official Dallas Cowboys channel, blogging the boys, we can find Mike's articles with myself and Meg doing the world's team. You can mm. see, like, J Talk, Big Game James, Law Nation. You can see Cowboys Can Fan and many others. Yes. So there we have it. Um, another another week in real football. It's back, guys. Get excited. We've got it's back, baby. Football to talk about. I would, be, I would be a lot more excited, but I've just ate a ton of food at Top Golf, so I'm feeling a little bit sleepy. Nah, were you on <laughs> the pulled pork? No, it was just a fried chicken burger with onion rings, sweet potato fries, tater tots. Oh, it was awesome. Nice. All right. Well, as we do every week, we say have a great weekend. Stay safe. These guys are going to have the last word, and then we'll see you after the weekend for next Thursday, guys. Take it away, boys. Dallas forever, Philly forever. You know it. Let's go. And it's a happy birthday to Mrs. 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 Brian, who is 40 tomorrow. Hey. Big four. Big four. Love it. <laughs>